This podcast is produced by EnergeticCity.ca, your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To support local news and this podcast, go to EnergeticCity.ca slash join to find out more. Now, an in-depth look at the news and information shaping our community. This is Moose Talks with your host, Doug Craig on Moose FM. Welcome back to the show. Now we're very excited to be joined by the Peace River North MLA, Dan Davies, who's joining us live now via video chat. Dan, welcome back to Moose Talks. How are you doing today, sir? Hey, doing well. Thanks, Dub. Uh, appreciate it. Uh being invited on the show again absolutely uh lots to talk about uh we'll do our best to uh you know uh, keep it to 10 minutes here but uh i think we should start with the new premier it's kind of the biggest story in bc politics right now uh he's set to be sworn in on november 18th which is uh a fair amount of time between when you know we knew it was going to be david eby and then i just wondered if you could start just kind of with your thoughts about the whole process on uh, how David Eby came to uh, get the job, I suppose. Yeah, well, you know, first of all, I'm going to say the biggest story right now is I've shaved my face and I'm now going to be growing a something on my face for Movember. So oh. make sure you do uh, make a, uh, take the opportunity to donate to Movember and, and support uh, uh, men's health. So I'm going to start with that one being number one. But, sure. Um, in all seriousness, uh, yeah, we, we have obviously a new premier-elect, uh, David Eby, who will be sworn in next Friday. Um, you know, and it, I, I mean, from the, the, the race that wasn't a race, uh, you know, right from the very get-go, he was pretty much crowned the next premier. In fact, there were uh, people that uh, were somehow strong-armed out of the race. Um, you know, Ravi Kalon, uh, the Minister of Jobs, uh, he had a, he was ready to go. And, uh, you know, nobody knows what those conversations went on. But um, <clears throat> it's he, he's the guy now. He's going to be stepping into the chair. And, of course, his first order of business was, uh, uh, you know, we're going to suspend the uh, legislature for another week. I need another week off. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, next week is a is a what we call it a break week. It's a week when we're back in our writings working. Uh, but David Eby is now taken off that second week. Uh, his first hundred day uh, announcement, the first hundred days that he's in in office, uh, was a complete flop because all he really did was reannounce uh, everything that they've been announcing since 2017 and haven't done yet. Uh, and a lot of those things are under his administration as the you know as the former attorney general. So it, it is, uh, I, un- unfortunately, I don't have a lot of uh, confidence in, in the new premier coming in and, and what, uh, what his next, uh, you know, uh, term is going to be like. Mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you this because I know it's, it, it's part of our democracy that when a party changes leader and they happen to be in government, you know, that there's an election for that leader within the party members themselves, but the people, the the wider public, don't really have a say in it until the next election time. Uh, I know this has happened yeah. with the BC Liberals before. Um, I just wonder if you think in, in uh, you know, a time maybe even as tumultuous as it's been in, in just in general in our country, if you think this should be worth having a general election for, especially since, as you say, there wasn't really a race to replace uh, the outgoing Premier John Horgan. This has been David Eby's job basically from day one when he said he was stepping down. Yeah. 
Oh, uh, it looks like uh, we may have lost uh, the... Uh... Oh, Dan, are you still there? <clears throat> yeah, I'm still here. Oh, perfect. Uh, go, go ahead. Uh, yeah, you know, there, there, there is in all uh, a great possibility that uh, we will actually be moving to a general election. Mm -hmm. uh, we've seen this before in different jurisdictions where uh, by virtue of how the system is set up, you are all of a sudden you're appointed the premier. We've just seen it in Alberta. Uh, Danielle uh, Smith is not the elected premier. She's an appointed premier through the party process. So uh, what you often do see is uh, if the election is quite a ways out, which our election is still two more years away, uh, you will see the premier say, hey, I need a mandate. <clears throat> Therefore, I'm going to uh, go to a general election. And uh, if, if and, and let's let's, you know, face it here, uh, you know, folks in David Eby's team are obviously uh, strategizing and looking at the, the political landscape, what that looks like. Uh, are things going to be better for British Columbians in October 2024? Uh, I don't think so. So if if uh, if they're going to try and salvage anything and get another four year mandate, they're going to have to, for a second time in their term, break the election law that is in place on fixed election dates and, and call an early election. And that could be as early as late spring of 23. Mm -hmm. All right, Dan, uh, you already mentioned some of the announcements that have been made. You <coughs> called them re-announcements. Um, but this one with the doctors is very interesting, sort of uh, overhauling, essentially, as I understand it, the way doctors will be paid in this province. Um and I wonder if you wanted to comment a bit about that. Is is this something you're glad to see finally uh, from this government while healthcare has been such an issue for so long in this province? Well, yeah, absolutely. You know, anything anything that's going to help us uh, attract and retain uh, family physicians is absolutely critical, especially in rural and remote communities. We've heard this, you know, for, for such a long time up here in, in the peace country, uh, you know, just a, a pure shortage of doctors. So mm -hmm. uh, I think this is good news. I mean, when it's not just British Columbia, it's not just Canada that has a shortage of, of doctors. The world is short on doctors. The, the United States is trying to get, I mean, everywhere is trying to get doctors. And if we don't fairly compensate, uh, uh, you know, our, our, our doctors, they're going to go elsewhere. And I, I think that's really important. This is a first step. But I think what we need to look at is, you know, the the, the minister, Minister Dix, constantly says, oh, we're, we put this much money, we put this much money, we put this much money. And, you know, if, if the outcomes at the end have not changed, well, there's a problem with that, with what's going on. And, and this is why, you know, myself and local mayors and other MLAs have been calling for not just an audit of Northern Health, but an audit of the healthcare system. Obviously, it's not working well. In fact, you know, we, we just um, uh, recently asked a, a, a question to the minister. Uh, there are 60, I think it was 64 vice presidents in the health authorities across British Columbia, all making roughly $400,000 a year. We look at Alberta, who has a, a similar size, a little bit smaller population, but not much. Uh, I think they have seven uh, uh, vice presidents that are of, of that equal management uh, piece. So, I mean, throwing money uh, at the medical system is not the way to do it. We need to be looking at strategically how we spend the money. And uh, hopefully, uh, I, I think this, you know, the, the paying our, our family physicians more, I think that is one step. But there's a lot more work to be done uh, that this government has not done uh, over the last five years. Mm -hmm. Um, I wonder if you could comment on, uh, again, go back to the new premier. Um, you, you obviously have some relationship with him, at the very least, as uh, someone who sits across the aisle from him. But I wonder if you have yeah. any hope that any sort of the um, 
The issues that are really important to us up north and important to you, the Taylor Bridge, uh, oil and gas investment, forestry issues, these sorts of things. Do you uh, do you have any hope that these sort of issues will be on the premier's radar at all in a way that they haven't seemed to be uh, since John Oregon took office? Well, uh, to be honest, um, I, I do worry that uh, things aren't going to be prioritized like prioritized like they should be. Um, you know, John, John Horgan, at least, uh, you know, he, he was from, you know, a, a different age. He recognized, I think, in many ways, the, the importance of the resource sector and uh, that resource sector, the importance that uh, the, the role that it plays in making sure that the services that we need, good health care, education, looking after our vulnerable, all those pieces that uh, British Columbians want are predominantly paid for by our resource sector. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've seen our resource sector, whether it's oil and gas, forestry, mining, you name it, uh, has, you know, continually uh, been been decreasing. And to make up those revenues, that's why we're seeing tax increases. That's why we're seeing fee increases. Uh, there, I mean, it, it's it's very real about how these, you know, about how it's working and, and it's not working. British Columbians cannot afford to pay any more taxes. And sadly, uh, David Eby uh you know, he doesn't believe in the resource sector. Uh, he certainly doesn't believe in oil and gas as as an energy uh, an energy source. So, uh, this is something we're going to have to continue to advocate and continue to fight for uh, in in our province to make sure that uh, you know we are keeping a those good jobs and b selling the story that you know we in British Columbia and in Canada do resource extraction better than any other country in the world. No country comes as close to doing it sustainably, environmentally, uh, as we do here. And, and I, I think we need to understand the incredible role that we can play in the resource sector, especially in the oil and gas sector, uh, on, on reducing the world emissions, on, on helping get China, helping get India off of dirty burning coal and using, you know, using our, our natural gas. So, I mean, it's a, it's a great story, but we never hear government talk about it and we need to change that. Mm-hmm. We well, only have a couple minutes, Dan, uh, left, so I want to switch gears quickly here uh, to the party's proposed name change. The B.C. Liberals have proposed they rename themselves to B.C. United. Uh, the wider party membership uh, is going to have an opportunity to vote on it, I believe, before the end of the year. Uh, I just wonder if you could comment a bit about that process and, uh, you know, if you think this is something that will uh, help the party and maybe even escape the sort of liberal name that uh, uh, that I think a lot of people wonder just how close your ties are to the federal party when you have no ties to them at all. Yeah, and and you know that that last point there, I I, I think is key. It's uh, you know there there's been confusion. Uh, you know when I first started knocking on doors in 2017, when I first uh, you know took over from Pat Pym, you know knocking on doors was always confusing. Well, I'm not a liberal. Well, no, we're we're not a liberal party. We're a coalition party, and but as soon as you attach, doesn't matter if you attach the word liberal or conservative, as soon as you attach a name to it, it, it comes with preconceived ideologies. And I, I think British Columbia and people that live here, we're, we are a, a unique province. We're a province that, uh, you know, it's a beautiful province. We have, we are so blessed to have every single resource, uh, you know, that, that, that we can imagine here. Uh, the ocean, uh, you know, the, the mountains, it's, it's on and on and on, which does create uh, quite the difference between, you know, Vancouver is different than Fort St. John, which is different than Prince Rupert, which is different than, you know, Kimberly or, or, or Creston. I mean, they're uh, uh, very different conversations by those different communities. 
And when we looked at our party, we needed a party that focuses on what do we have in common that we need to focus on. And, you know, that's making sure our economy is strong, making sure our health care is good, making sure our education is good, making sure we're looking after our vulnerable people. Uh, you know, what are the things that we can focus on and move forward as a party? And that is really where it came from, uh, you know, the, the BC United. It is uniting British Columbians together in a cause that is good for all British Columbians to move forward. And, you know, at the end of the day, this is about our kids. Uh, you know, that's why I'm in this role is for my kids. So we need to make sure that, um, you know, we are having uh, uh, policies, good sound policies moving forward that recognize my kids need to have a, uh, you know, a great future ahead of them. And that's what the BC United is about. Mm-hmm. All right. One minute left, Dan. Uh, let's talk about the Remembrance Day ceremonies here at Fort St. Yeah. John. I, I believe you're part of the planning committee for that. Uh, tell us a bit about uh, what we can expect, I suppose, uh we're kind of back to sort of a normal ceremony after several years where for some, you know, one thing or another had to be sort of changed in a way just to keep everyone safe. Eh? Yeah. And, you know, this is the first uh, full full back to normal Remembrance Day ceremony since uh, uh, 20, 2019, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, it, uh, it It's kind of going to follow the same format as it has previously, uh, previous to COVID. Uh, 10.30, you know, everyone's going to meet. There will be the uh, quick parade. There will be the short service outside at the Cenotaph. And then it will move indoors to the service, uh, which will kick off just before 11 o'clock, kind of timing around, uh, you know, the two minutes of silence at 11 o'clock. Following that, of course, then there is all the other activities. And the Legion is, and it's important to know, the Legion is open to the public. Um, uh, all day on, on Remembrance Day. So there's lots of activities that, that happen in the Legion. There's, uh, you know, different games that uh, that happen. You know, we, uh, the, the horse races, we got the turkey shoot. It's not a real turkey you're shooting, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, there's a, a chili dinner. Then there's a, uh, a, a, sorry, a chili lunch. And then there's a dinner that evening with a dance. So uh, these are all open to the public. Uh, there's no cost. Uh, well, there is a cost for the evening dinner. But um, other than that, it's... Uh, it is an opportunity to come out, uh, sit with, you know, we, we still have a number of veterans that uh, uh, live in Fort St. John. Come on up and, and, and sit with them and have a conversation uh, with them. And, you know, there, we do have, a, we're still a few World War II veterans. Uh, we're hoping that they can make it out. Uh, but we do have a number of veterans from the Korean War. And, of course, most recently we have veterans from, uh, you know, many peacekeeping missions, uh, NATO missions, as well as most recently Afghanistan. So, uh, encourage people to uh, to come up to the Legion, and if you can't, please do take a couple of minutes at 11 o'clock on on Friday, November 11th, uh, to pause and reflect on you know how 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 special it is and how great it is to be Canadian. Absolutely, Dan. All right, thank you very much for taking a few minutes to chat with us today. I appreciate it, sir. Thanks, Dub. You have a fantastic day, and uh, all the best. Absolutely. That's Dan Davies, the Peace River North MLA. We'll be right back to talk to some lifeguards all about the North Peace Leisure Pool right after this on Moose Talks. Welcome back to the program. Now we're very happy to be joined now by a, a trio of lifeguards from the North Peace Leisure Pool. Pool's been closed for a couple months for a maintenance shutdown, but it's going to be open again on Monday. So we thought we'd uh, chat with... Uh, uh, these lifeguards all about what uh, kind of changes have come to the pool and how things are looking. So we're very happy to be joined now by Adam and John. Good morning. Morning. Good morning. Thanks for having us. You're very welcome. And also Haley joins us as well. Good morning, Haley. Good morning. Thank you for having us. 
Oh, uh, if you don't mind, if you could switch on the uh, on button on the bottom of your microphone there, I think. Uh, <laughs> Uh, make sure you're real close to there. There, there. <laughs> uh, a little bit better. I think it's uh, something's up there. How about that? Good morning. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll get you. We got you on there. Okay. okay. Uh, thanks so much for all of you being here this morning. Uh, why don't you tell us a bit about the pool renovations, if you can? Uh, you know, what are some of the things that have been fixed and improved? If you, uh, Adam and John, want to start a bit on that. Uh, one of the big things is the pool basins are painted a white color instead of their normal darker blue. Uh -huh. So they're really clear. So for us lifeguards, it's really easy to see down right to the bottom of the deep end. And visibility has been greatly improved. Yeah, yeah greatly improved. That's amazing. Actually, that was going to be one of the questions I come to uh, later. So that's, it, it, it looks better, but also has sort of a safety mm -hmm. reason in yeah. mind, hey? Absolutely. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, what else has sort of in, uh, been improved that you can kind of speak to? I think uh, there's been some other things that have happened as well, hey? Yeah, there's a few things that have happened, Adam. Yeah, we have brand new walls installed in our sauna, oh, as nice. well as uh, deep clean and pipe work done on the steam room. Mm -hmm. We are continuing to do other work around the facility as well, including our HVAC or uh, roof air system so mm -hmm. we're excited that it's a lot quieter and functional for regulars at the pool who've dealt with that over the years gotcha excellent mm -hmm. uh Haley, i have to ask i know everyone's big question we keep seeing <laughs> online whenever there's something posted about it is the hot tub is it going to be open and working as far as we know on monday that is a big question dub our mechanical staff are still working hard on that hot tub to have it open for Monday morning. Yeah. And we're excited to have the public back to see everyone's smiling faces. Fantastic. <laughs> hot tub's a very popular part of the pool. Uh, I wanted to know, uh, again, you, you've already brought it up, sort of a, a big safety thing was painting the bottom of the pool white. Anything else that uh, you, has maybe been improved safety-wise that helps the lifeguards especially? Another big thing is we got uh, some lights right over the pools now. We used to only have them to the sides of the pools. Now we have them right over top of them so we can see it perfectly. Vision has never been better. Other safety things is we've moved our first aid station and we've updated it a little bit so that mm -hmm. it's a little <laughs> nicer for us. Oh yeah, far more accessible. They've also repainted the pool deck, not just the basins, with a okay. brand new uh, deck cover. So it's very even, good grit, but uh, still no running at the pool, guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Haley, I wonder if you could chat uh, a bit about just... Um, you know, even what you guys have been up to for the past few months, because you think a lifeguard, you need a pool filled with water, but I assume you guys weren't just sitting around doing nothing, right? Yeah, so uh, Adam and I were lucky enough to head over to the PSC and work in facilities over there. Gotcha. Uh, we were on the ice flipping, net, flipping nets, but uh, unfortunately didn't get to drive the Zamboni while we were over there. One day. <laughs> so you're still working with water, but frozen water. Yes, frozen water, time. yeah, for the All right. months. <laughs> uh, well, again, pool's opening uh, Monday morning, correct? Like it'll be open for early swimmers if they want to be there? Yeah, lap swim opens at 6 a.m. Uh, we also have other programming starting, including Aquafit classes, Hydro Rider, and what's the other one? Uh, strength and Strength? Strength, not on. That's Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> I just wonder kind of what else, uh, what other kind of activities you guys are uh, looking forward to hosting and events that are coming up at the pool even before Christmas. Uh, December 3rd, during the uh, Santa Claus Parade, we are holding a time trial with our local swim club in Canoe. So they're nice. going to be in doing that. Uh, while they're doing that, a bunch of us are going to be in training 
There's also open swimming lessons still available if you check the Facebook page for the City of Fort St. John Recreation Department. Mm-hmm. Perfect. All right. Well, I, I really appreciate uh, all of you coming by and uh, chatting with me this morning. Thanks for waiting. Uh, we sorted things out with the MLA, and uh, I'm sure you're excited to have an open pool to go to on Monday and welcome guests back. Thanks for being here, all of you. Thanks, thanks. for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us, Doug. You're very welcome. That's uh, John, Adam, and Haley, three lifeguards uh, with the North Peace leisure pool well that does it for this episode of moose talks um we're grateful you joined us and we're grateful to all our guests including mla dan davies for being here you can download the podcast version of this show and older episodes of moose talks at energeticcity.ca slash podcast while there make sure you check out all of our excellent locally produced podcasts including secrets of the north all about true crime stories from Northeast BC. In the latest episodes, uh, hosts Emily and Spencer discuss why true crime is so popular and reveal a couple secrets of their own. You can check it out now at energeticcity.ca slash podcasts. That's the show. Trey Lopashinsky and Jordan Prentice are the producers of Moose Talks. I'm Dub Craig. Be well. Thanks for listening to this energeticcity.ca podcast. Energeticcity.ca is your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To help keep us independent and to support this podcast, go to energeticcity.ca slash join.